0: Hey y'all, this is John Quell Jones. This is Mike Strong with the Indianapolis Colts. Yo, it's your boy buddy here. This is Jazz the kid Chisholm. Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. And you are logged the 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. Seniors. You're logged in with 10th Year Seniors. You think? Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This is The Accredited. We had a lot of big plans for this window. We had a lot of big plans. First of all, John was supposed to be on location, and we were supposed to run a Draymond Green post-game pod after the USVI win. And then we were supposed to pod after... uh,
1: Training camp.
0: (laughs) After training camp. We were supposed to have so many pods. We were supposed to pod after the game here against uh, DR. None of those worked out because, like the Labrador show says, we are similar in this, Right. We are a marching
1: band to nowhere sometimes
0: sometimes we have a lot of plans life gets in the way just doesn't happen
1: there's not really a marching band to nowhere yeah
0: John we had a lot of big plans we
1: No, we, it. we had we had plans but there are reasons behind why it didn't happen
0: yeah life get life gets in the way but let's put it all in perspective this what it was a historically great window because we were able to advance and qualify for the second round of the FIBA. 23 world cup qualifiers never been done before in bahamas basketball history start with there before we say anything else and that has to be placed in the proper perspective
1: yeah no people don't realize how big of a deal it is i guess the further you go in FIBA qualifiers the less tournaments you have to participate in to get here so with this win Last time we had to go to the america pre qualifiers now we go right to the America Cup without going through any pre qualifiers so you skip a whole summer tournament if we keep doing going on the trajectory we're going with even with America, then we skip world cup qualifier pre qualifiers yeah so you start eliminating tournaments that help in the long run yeah you're gonna be spending a little more money, but it's gonna be better off for us because you're skipping these summer tournaments that mean nothing.
0: And the thing about it is, like, before we recap everything that happened last weekend in the last window, just look ahead to the names of the countries that we're playing and you get that you're entering rarefied air. Because yeah. next up, we got Argentina. And you know what it's, kind of It's pretty much Argentina
1: is. and Venezuela. Those are the two teams that we're, we're, we're playing. Like, Panama, I think, is in the same boat as us. Yeah. I think we might be a little stronger when it comes to these November windows if our players could commit, which is going to be the key. These players have to commit to these windows for us to even have a chance.
0: S- some Something we're going to get into later on the pod, because when it comes to national team play all across the board, it's all about that, who you can get to commit like all of the other stuff is all well and good who's coaching blah 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 it's who you get to commit that Mm -hmm. makes the real difference like that's that's where everything is ain't no free agency in this you don't get to sign people it's who you have available and who is going to say yes i'm committing to this program because everybody got shit going on like we know that everybody has stuff going on but it's who you can get to commit for august and like we just mentioned those the names of these countries that you're
1: playing you're out of you're out of the traditional region we're used to playing the Caribbean teams. We're used to hearing that. We used to play the American teams, the Caribbean, yeah. Central America. Now, it's the first time in years, in years cuz we're in a group And Coachio was like my dad sent a message saying this isn't the closest we've been to the Olympics cuz we were in tournament Americas in the 70s. All right, whatever. In the 70s when I mean, when eight, eight teams was playing in I the mean. whole region. Like team, Let, no, no, teams were invited to that.
0: Let's be real at where basketball was globally in the 70s yeah. and where basketball is globally so, now. all of a sudden now we... This is the post-Dream Team era. There's yeah. something completely different.
1: We're, we're, we're on the cusp of... I mean, if we won that last game against Dior, it would look so much better. We're going to get there. But um, there's still a chance. Baby steps. There's, there's, still, there's still a big chance depending on on who we can get in this august window um i have the luxury of being with the team being
0: well i mean if you've ever listened to a 10y's podcast particularly when we do uh national team stuff you're well aware that john yeah. is the national team insider i personally call him the national team dobo i don't know what his official title is i don't think he should have one but to me he's literally he's the fixer he's the he's the go-getter guy He is the quote unquote director of basketball
1: operations. Yeah, deal with it. So
0: he doesn't want to accept it, but yes, he is. Yeah.
1: So, anyways, um, like I said, you know, I'm in it and talking to Buddy. Buddy's in for August. Like, and that has that
0: that has to be the biggest takeaway from it. Let's just let's just start there. And I think the, and I I asked Chris DeMarco about this after the game, but. Just the impact that Buddy had on this window, starting from training camp, like just, and Coach Yo spoke to this when she made that really lengthy post about his impact, right? Like just being an NBA guy, knowing where you're at in your in your career and in your life, but in training camp, you're one of the guys. He was leading from out front. What kind of impact do you think that had uh, on this team? And the fact that he committed very early.
1: Well, it keeps it simple. Buddy is playing basketball at the highest level of anyone. Yeah. So in reality, um, Buddy's not the type of person to say, F you, I'm this person, right? But he's going to tell you, in a way, bro, I'm playing basketball at the highest level, right? Listen if, to what they're saying. If y'all want to, get, I didn't get here by a fluke. I got here because of, these are the reasons. If y'all think we're going to win games because of this crap. Like my favorite thing was when we got to USVI. We got off the plane, got to the hotel, went to practice. He stopped practice. Just stopped it in the middle of practice. Bam, he said, "Y'all joking or something? Y'all don't think I have to get off planes in the NBA and come to practice? Like you got to get, you, you got to deal with it. Like this is life. Stop making this an excuse because oh, I'm tired because I'm jet lagged or whatever. It is. It's like there ain't none of that in the don't NBA. Mind.
0: Nobody's gonna care.
1: No. And he said that he's like, you got to come here and adjust, and that's it. It's the simplest thing to do. Adjust and make sure you play." That was one of the things that people were saying why basketball is actually
0: better in the bubble because they didn't have to deal with it. And I don't think a lot of people know this. There are a lot of times in the NBA, like let's say you play in a West Coast team, that game ends late. You literally hopping right mm-hmm. on a plane and go into the next location. That happens a whole lot more than people think. Yep.
1: And then they go to shoot around the next morning. And like a lot of times, yeah, it's a crazy schedule. So Buddy was buddy pretty much told these uh, the players, This is how it is. Even in practice, what I I like the most is Buddy takes the younger ones. So we had Josh and Dayton on the team. He'll take time to talk to them, do one-on-one, see how it is. uh, You know, he literally, and he always tells them, gives them the number and says, y'all need anything, y'all call me. Like, it's just that simple. Buddy Buddy's going to give back to everything. Like, he, he, he always says it. He's like, why am I making all this money? and i can't give back Gives even my, my time back. yeah just like everything doesn't have to be monetary but it's just giving back my time and that's to, free to help the, yeah. that
0: that means uh, that means a lot yeah. that means a whole lot to them and and honestly i saw the difference in especially in that that USVI game you see the impact that is having on franco yeah, and I thought I thought he was huge in that game. Let's let's start there with that. Oh, before we get there, my, one of my biggest takeaways from training camp, and this goes to to what you were saying about how uh, how Buddy commands practice. <laughs> I remember, I just remember Franco trying to get off the floor to go get some water, and Buddy's like, "No, no, no, we gotta run this like a couple more times. Like we we're not done. That's like, that's but, the way." Whatever, this is. Buddy's like,
1: "Y'all like water too much." Yeah, like
0: that ain't happening. So that that's just a little bit of insight. Uh, to give a lot of these guys to know well first of all before you even get to the nba that's what it was like on a high power five d1 level and then that is just exacerbated when you get to the nba but we go from training camp which was which was huge by the way they had what was it roughly like four days yeah we had
1: four days two scrimmages so we had a lot of basketball But, but it's the most basketball in at least since I've been on 2016. Nah, maybe 2017. Yeah, 2017. Which was
0: huge and I thought, I thought it made a difference right away. So headed into USVI and if you follow Bahamas basketball, you follow us, you know that Walter Hodge is basically a super villain. Like, he was Lex Luthor, Thanos, (laughs) all of that stuff to Bahamas basketball, right? And I can't count how many times we would just like shake our fists up into heaven and go, Walter fucking Hodge. But we exercised those demons in Walter Hodge. And I think a big part of that was when DeMarco just put Travis on him and was like, your responsibility is you just lock him up. Walter Hodge had one moment where he had the crossover and Travis fell and he hit the three and he celebrated. But outside of that, tremendous job defensively.
1: Yeah, that game was, that was the first time a senior men's team ever beat a Walter Hodge-led team. Ever. First I, I don't
0: think people get it. Like, we just couldn't beat Walter yeah. Hodge. Even in this, me and you were talking in training camp when we was looking at the schedule for the Puerto Rican League, trying to figure out, well, is Walter Hodge going to be there? Because yeah. that's another part about national team basketball. You, you don't, know, don't know who's no playing thing. until, like, the 11th hour.
1: Yeah. No, it, it... God, even our roster. Like, our roster was adding pieces towards the end. Like, even when we got to Nassau, we had a three players. Yeah. Dropped Josh. But it's like, yeah... Our biggest issue, and DeMarco brought up in the press conference, is the visas and the passports and the asterisks issue that we're always going to have. And if FIBA, this is the message to FIBA headquarters, if FIBA wants to grow the damn game, open the game up so people who are legitimately from this country, it's not like we're giving passports away, This constitutionally, they're right to get a passport stop dictating who can be a Bahamian and who can't
0: let me put a pin in that because a lot of people you you said something very important that people need to learn about the asterisk issue and me and you always talk about this when it comes to uh national team roster construction and you see people on social media and god bless their hearts because they have no idea what the hell is going on but People just like to put things in that atmosphere. Explain the asterisk issue and why we cannot just get everyone that we want to get based on nationality and passports and who FIBA decides is a Bahamian, like you said. So what is the asterisk issue?
1: Pretty much the asterisk is anyone who gets a passport after the age of 16 is considered a naturalized citizen, regardless of um, birth Anything, parents, yeah. birth, constitution. None regardless. of that matters. Just the only thing that matters is if they got their passport after the age of 16 and you can prove that they lived in the Bahamas, then that's different. Then you could get the asterisk removed. But literally, when you submit the paperwork with everything, you could, it's a Bahamian birth certificate, Bahamian passport, Bahamian parent stuff. Next thing you know, they see, okay, when they get his passport, asterisk. Then they make you prove that he was in the Bahamas, and it's just like, bro, what? They're, and even when you do, sometimes they'll be like, "Nah, that's not good enough." Right. So it, it, every, everything is subjective to case by case scenario. So we tried to do it for Mikey. To, Mikey's been playing for the national team for over ten years. Yep. We tried to explain to them that, despite Mikey not living in the Bahamas, Mikey has always come back and given back to the Bahamas, even as a kid. Also, with Mikey and people don't realize this. The talent level isn't here for a Bahamian to succeed at the highest level. Like you try to explain this to people and they be like, nah, nah, we don't care.
0: Which makes no sense because if you want the better product, then yes, you have to get the better players. You cannot become the better player. No disrespect to anybody that plays here. And it's not a knock on y'all if y'all are playing here. You can't play at that level just getting reps against this competition here at League, Like that's just not going to happen. No, so you can't be here.
1: It's unfortunate, but look at the junior program. They haven't played basketball for two years. That they f- literally are playing against each other. That's a travesty to them and kids. So yeah. Uh, that, but that didn't make sense It it, it just, you, you're not going to make it out of the ball. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened. NATO is the exception. Literally the only one. So the only only
0: time it's happened when uh, Bahamian just went from playing in the Bahamas to... And that happened, obviously, because of the connections that Kino had in France and able to facilitate that kind of thing. That didn't just drop out of the sky. That was raw talent saying, I have these connections. There's somebody I need you to look at. That's what that was. That is not a typical way that things can get done. Like anybody just can't do that. But to the asterisk thing, and we're only allowed to have one, one player on the roster like that. So think about that. Everybody who we think should be on this roster out of all of those naturalized citizens, people that have a connection to the Bahamas, you get to pick one of those on the roster because FIBA has decided that.
1: I wouldn't even care if they said four, like 25% because see the thing is, and I always say it, FIBA when they made the rule, it must have been a, it must have been a Nazi because they, want, they wanted to keep the bloodline pure or whatever it is, you know, something, something like that. But how do we
0: get like this with basketball? Yeah, FIBA so needs to, to
1: adapt because the world isn't melting pot. It's not like it used to be where you can't travel. Everyone's gonna be born in the same place. And the thing
0: about it is, basketball is probably outside of soccer the most global game.
1: But look at FIFA. FIFA says once you have a passport, you can play.
0: That's because it makes sense. Yeah. The game is too globalized for you to try to contain yeah. it like that. So
1: I, I would look. FIFA always says we're going towards the FIFA concept of home and aways and this and that. Go towards the FIFA concept. Yeah, with go this. towards the eligibility. Yeah, like it's it's just that simple. Um, it's 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 just because someone asked me in the FIBA America's office what could be done for federations to I guess respect the the main office more and I said well you got to go out and bat for them you can't just bat for USA and Canada USA and Canada has all the money in the world doesn't matter they
0: don't need anything I'm they like, feel full rosters you, of NBA yeah, guys you
1: need to come to the smaller federations and say what are the concerns well this asterisk thing is if you start fighting for that, like how they're doing in, um, and the thing is, Oceania region, yeah, Philippines and all those New Zealand. Uh, like they're literally trying to scrap that rule because the big countries don't have to worry about no goddamn asterisk. Nope.
0: Like it, it, doesn't matter to them. They got a surplus of people. It does. We got sidetracked from the USVI game. Sorry, but it, it. This is so much more important moving forward to us. But I do wanna, I do wanna give props to how well the team performed in that game. So let's take it back to the first quarter. So anytime these games are going on, there's a whole lot of nervous. Uh, WhatsApp messages sent between me and John. We were quiet in the first quarter because the Bahamas got out-rebounded. Score um, was tied. It was like 16-7 to 7 out-rebounded
1: in the first quarter. I, I was nervous. But I don't know what Mario thought shoddy. Should have freaking rebound the ball. No, I don't know what it is. And and this isn't the first. Size is always a, a difference, but this isn't the first. I think we've been out-rebounded in every single game yes. in these qualifiers. <laughs> yeah. Because we have we have Mikey playing the five a lot
0: of the times, and he is legitimately. a And three. that's one thing
1: I um, I would disagree with Chris. Chris, as, as great as a coach he is, he has to realize that small ball doesn't always work. And where does football. Chris come from? I know where he comes from, but <laughs> no, no, not, no, 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 you're not gonna knock yeah. him off that yeah. spot. But you have to because the the thing is, you have to learn and you have to adapt if you're a coach. Yeah, and the. Like, USVI, yes, we could get away with a small ball line. Boy, but against, uh, against, against the uh, DR, against, these against other teams, other teams you hell need, no. You need traditional bigs. Well, no, we couldn't do it
0: against the DR. Yeah,
1: but you need traditional bigs. Because remember America qualifiers? We went to Mexico with no real bigs. We brought Shaq in for that game here. That completely changed the Made dynamic. Made a whole lot of because difference. Because they knew they couldn't go down and get stuff.
0: And, and what that allowed us to do is Kino shifted to the four... And Mm -hmm. was able to do a lot more.
1: We're playing too many power forwards at the five. Yeah. And it doesn't translate. Sometimes
0: small forwards. Because that's a lot of what it was. it, It
1: doesn't translate like that. Like we need the traditional big. We have Kai or Aiden against the DR. We win that game. Easy.
0: I knew Eloy Vargas was gonna be a problem, right? And it wasn't it wasn't that he went out there and scored twenty-five <laughs> points. Like and by the way, Liz is the new Walter Hodge for me. Like he's the new villain. It wasn't that Eloy Vargas just dominated the ball in the post, but he set the tone early. Mm-hmm. I think scoring like maybe six or eight, I wanna say in the first quarter, but he was he was there on the boards and so much of their offense was running through him because we just we just didn't have an answer for that. So no, he
1: just didn't have the size to like like I said, it, it's, it's you need that traditional bit. You can't have David playing the five. It goes David can only do so much. It goes back.
0: It goes back to commitment, though.
1: So you got basically
0: our front line is six seven guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So you got Mikey and David at six 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 seven. They're traditionally yep. like threes small ball fours. Yep. But they got a guard Eloy Vargas who is a seven footer who played at Kentucky. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's that's not just a guy that's there. That's a guy who's played high-level D1 basketball and is a pro. And it's only going to get tougher moving forward. Because you know Argentina is not going to have a team full of 6'6 six, uh, six guys. I think
1: Argentina is more of European style. But they do traditionally always have yeah, size. But though. they're not going to be bangers. Our, Venezuela, that is going to be bangers. Those are, They play more our style than and this is what's this is why it's going to be interesting especially in our region. USA could do whatever, Canada could do whatever, right? Mexico, us, when we start playing these South American teams, we're a little more physical than them. Not Venezuela though. Venezuela are dogs.
0: Well, it's because I, of the economy.
1: Yeah. I will, the whole country, the political
0: Yeah, they, I mean they have to be.
1: So when we play Argentina, I, I think we need to punch them in the mouth, not literally. I yeah.
0: mean, who's the, who's the 12th man on the bench? No, Maybe don't matter. Later. Maybe later. Anyways,
1: we need to punch them in the mouth because when Venezuela played them that one time, everyone was like, oh, Argentina's going to win, and Venezuela just came and punched them in the mouth, and that was it. They couldn't even handle it. The pressure, the physicality, that's what we have to get to. That is Bahamas basketball, though. But
0: that's something that that Buddy said after the USVI game, and he also said that after the DR game, because he said, we didn't come out and match the physicality that the DR presented to us early on. And a lot of that goes back to Vargas and the other big dude they brought off the bench uh, for him. His name escapes me right now, number 30.
1: Yeah, yeah, fat boy.
0: Yeah, him. Well, Delgado was a problem, too. So yeah. That's two guys. The four and the five of the DR was bigger than everyone else on our roster. And when Chicken came in the game, he made a difference defensively. I think even though it didn't, a lot of these things didn't show up on the stat sheet, but just his ability to change some shots, mm-hmm. you saw it made a difference in their penetration. Interior defense is a problem. Because even though we ended up blowing out USVI, they hung around... For a while, long. longer than too they long. should have Because we didn't have any interior defense We we couldn't uh, Limit teams, we couldn't limit them to One possession, there were way too many second Chance points in easy buckets But thankfully in that game Shot we, 40% from three
1: Yeah, and and that's another thing um, I was talking to someone, I won't say the name You know, you gotta do this when you're an insider Sources, yeah, 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 no, protect your sources <clears throat> what I was told was You know usvi is not a pressure game we're used to playing usvi players show up
0: i feel like i, I don't i don't know about that one <laughs> i feel no, no, i feel no. like that no, no, was no.
1: but 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 he was saying like dominican republics venezuela's are these are real big games like, the reason that usvi no, no, no. was a big the USVI game though, game we, is we had to have it it's big but we're so similar with them and we played them so much that there's familiarity exactly yeah, I, I don't think there's nerves or anything where the DR is a real team. When we play Venezuela, these are real teams. Those players that stepped up against VI, we need them to play like that against DR, not the other way around. Against VI, we could get away with a slump. Against DR, you can't get away no. with, with one person.
0: And that's what happened. So, so let's let's shift to that. So here was the contrast, right? On the road in VI, the role player stepped up. I remember Ken came off the bench and hit like his first three threes. Like mm-hmm. every, we had, like, it were five players in that game that hit multiple threes. Like that's how well we shot from three. Against the DR, the shots were there. They were there. Like the they shots were, half were there. Halfway down. They weren't falling. At the end of the first half, like, Puerto Rico punched us in the mouth early. We couldn't respond. I mean, sorry, <laughs> I keep getting that mixed up. DR punched us in the mouth early. Uh, we couldn't respond. End of the first half, but he had 21. Like he was literally trying to carry the team and I saw how well he was feeding off the crowd. Nobody else had more than five though.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's like, it's tough to go you against that. If you have one attack.
1: player, That had six more points. That's a completely different game. Completely
0: different ball game. Like,
1: the game doesn't end the eight-point game. It it could have swung to us.
0: Yeah, and there were so many moments, and basketball is never... And it all
1: seems to come down to Travis moments.
0: It never swings on one single play, but that just just stood out to me, right? And we were down, I think, 11 or 12. Buddy makes a couple baskets. He gets a steal there on a fast break, gets it to Travis, and he gets fouled. Has a chance to go to the line. He makes those two free throws. It, he would have cut it to 32-38. But he he missed two. And then the DR goes on a run. I think Liz scored like six in a row on his own. They hit a three at the buzzer. And,
1: <laughs> and the other moment was um, when Travis missed the dunk. If he would have made that dunk, that would have changed the dynamic of the game as well. Like, it's just, it's so crazy that... Yeah, one play doesn't do it, but you know if that would if that happened, it would have been especially a game.
0: at at home, like feeding feeding off the crowd. Because him him and speaking of Travis, him and Franco stepped up big time in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Chicken played some really valuable minutes, but the continuity, and this is why I asked Demarco that after the game because you mentioned it earlier. You add three guys, you add Nato, Chicken, and Zane. When you didn't have them in the USVI, you didn't have them at training camp, but you got to you gotta insert them into the lineup and play them in, in really big spots. That's kind of tough. Yep. That's a difficult thing to be able to manage.
1: Yeah, no, but I told them from the start, I said, Nato should be at training camp because Nato is the only one who actually, I don't know if Zane can, Zane probably can too. Chicken, we definitely know can. Um, Get them in there and let them run with, with the practice like at least they'll get familiar you know they'll be familiar with whoever chicken i feel could adapt to chicken's role is rebound and run the floor he's faster than everyone the thing about this game was i think we ran too many sets we don't let the game just flow sometimes sometimes you just it it may not be the prettiest but jesus it works a lot of times you just pass the ball up and you you get something you get a layup you get a dunk like early
0: early offense that's (laughs) Where does it, where's Demarco from?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um like before, I, I did. I just tired. I know after this, I'm jumping on the plane. I'm going in my zero dark mode with LeBron. It. Yeah, oh.
0: full full disclosure. We are we're trying to knock this podcast out because John is about to hop on a flight to Chile, and I am about to have like a weekend full uh youth baseball which is gonna be tired and stressful but uh before we get out of here coach yo's impact we, oh no, i God. can't believe we it took us this long to get here but
1: we've been preaching about this for years years not even months and things like and i've always thought it should have been done people are always gonna take credit for you know, oh, this is like, bro. Well, yes, this should. This was a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, it's been said on this platform several times, even before the in pre-DeMarco era, we mm-hmm. thought she should just straight up
1: be the coach. Yeah. Um, the not like the, all the players respect for respect to the knowledge she brings. The thing I find the craziest because I was um, Coach Joe's personal driver in Miami training camp. Dobo. Um. Well, no, it's funny because Coach Yo, buddy, came by the hotel to. To handle some stuff um aka the bill um that's stuff but um yeah so i go to him and i say i gotta head out i gotta she's like tell him to uber i said i let him coach you uber like that that ain't happening and he goes oh yeah 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 she's a woman you gotta i'm like no but it's coach Yo, no man. yeah it ain't it ain't it ain't even it about ain't that. a woman it's, it's just like it's a respect I, thing yeah, for who she is because i told her i said no i'm gonna get you and travis and Shadi came on the same flight And I'm like, oh, y'all catch your Uber. (laughs) And me. (laughs) And I was just like, y'all catch your Uber. And so they threw their bags in my car. And that was it. And I was just like, like, man, you you diss us? I was like, yep. I this y'all all day. I mean for her, yeah. But it's crazy how much work she actually does. Like she never, never stops. Never stops. Working. Never stops. Never stop. The I, only time, the
0: only time she's separated from her phone and doing CEO of all Miss Women's Basketball stuff is when she's actually know much on the coach. I know now. Just just because. Just
1: because. Like she talks to her coaching staff all the time. Like it I mean, that's a job. That's a bread and butter. So it's just like the whole time, anytime she has a chance that she's not driving, or whatever, she's on the phone. She's on the phone. She's talking. She's wheeling and dealing. Um, but, yeah, I know, like, the players respect her. She needs to, to stay apart. But also, I think she needs to bring – she's going to bring more balance because she understands the players, the culture, a little more. I-
0: I like I like the staff. I like the compilation of the staff. Yeah. I like even adding Mikhail because yeah. to me that's us pushing forward the next generation. Give him a spot in there. I like where this is going. I, I, the team itself. This is probably we have. It has the potential to not only be the best roster construction but also the best coaching staff construction that I think we've ever seen. And the so only, I'm excited thing, for where it goes.
1: only thing I'll say on this is. Everyone always gives the coaches and the players the credit. I'm going to say this here. We need to show respect to the people who actually put this together. The executive board. Moses is a big part of it. Huge. Because he not only put it together, but
0: if it wasn't for Moses being the head coach of the team... That won the first exactly. game against uh, USVI. We wouldn't be in we this We wouldn't be through. And I thought that was really dope of Buddy actually saying that in the press conference because he gave props to that. The coaching staff and the players that won the first USVI game. Yeah. Before uh, before he got into anything else, he said, we wouldn't have qualified without that. Yeah. So that was huge.
1: But people need to realize that in the public eye. And everyone's always like, we. I understand that the players... It's the Bahamas, star. Yeah, we the don't, players we don't, and the coaches, like... At that particular time, they're always going to get the credit, but you got to make sure you show respect to the executive board. That's Oop. not going to happen. No, but
0: I, I you I'll, know that, yeah, and I know I'll, that. But when we talk about when we talk about people in the public, yeah, I'll publicly
1: state that Come you know, on, bro. executive board, Jarrell, did an amazing job, and a lot of people would be say, oh, she's too bossy. If Jarrell don't wasn't, you have to be? Yeah, if Jerrel wasn't leading the charge, we wouldn't have this game here, hands down. I don't care what anyone says, everyone could go home, whatever. Um, Moses, like I said, we coached the other game. I coached the two.
0: Talk I was about to say, talk your shit. Yeah. What are you talking no. about?
1: So we we dealt with that situation, and that came further with us even making that post to help get the awareness out that this so is much so much went into so what it, is it, happening it's now. A, it's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but I want the people to know, and I say it. The people who are behind the scenes are just as important the people who are in the forefront. who are Because decisions don't just get made by the coach. Decisions get made from the bottom going to the top or the top going to the bottom, however you want to put that. So, it, was
0: str- it was stressful times to get here, is, is what John was saying. Okay, so we're, we're going to have a lot more of this leading into August. We went about 30 minutes and didn't even talk about whether Aiton and Kai are playing in the next window. they playing. But we will. Yo, this is John Jones. This is Mike Strong with the Indianapolis Colts. Yo, it's your boy buddy. You? This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. And you are logged in to 10th year seniors. 10th year seniors.
1: 10th year seniors. 10th year seniors. You logged in with 10 year senior. You yeah.